not mean division in community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2. Um, we're back in the saddle, and I am Matt Fisher, your care pastor at Hill City, and I am here with my co-host, lead pastor, Mr. John Wagler. John, you doing all right? Yes. You're a little overwhelmed. No, Yeah, it's been a lot. We were just talking about how there's just so much going on these last few weeks, like not even talking about the regular yeah. world, just yeah. like so many things here at the church and decisions and big decisions and yeah. big vision and trying to come up with all this different content and yeah. everything. But um, yeah, it's part of it's the just part of the deal. Part of it's, you know, reality. And then part of it is sometimes overwhelming. Yeah, and that's okay. I must not be too overwhelmed because acid reflux is my sign of stress. And so I have not had that. So I, I still must be in a good spot. Trust which your is, body. Yeah, trust my body. <laughs> my body keeps the score. Well, that's right. Well, last week we asked, I asked you what you were thankful for. Maybe we'll just do like camp small group questions at the beginning of the show from now on. Um, what's your high and low from this week? Um, my high this week would be just seeing the fact that, you know, even with the inauguration, I know we're going to talk about that in a second, but that people were just in a better mood as a whole i i get the extremes were not you know but overall people were just like hey it's just nice to hear someone who's human which is such a low bar for us but um <laughs> that's nice that's like a big high uh low would be yeah i would just say like just feeling a little overwhelmed um right now and uh yeah you know, there are seasons of this. Um, actually, you know, I have another high that's not has nothing to do with more good news. Yes, go for I, it. I'll go with another high. I don't even know if they listen to this episode, our podcast, or not. But I, w- I met with a couple um, last week, and they had some questions and a little bit of disagreement, and it was such a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just humility towards me, and Cara was in there and with in me with this meeting, and just the way they handled it, and we. Like just we prayed before we all wanted like the same thing out of it and it just went so good and I was just like ah oh, man this is the way it's supposed to be when we have like points of disagreement and so that was such a beautiful thing such a high okay mm, you were you were stopping this uncivil war <laughs> yeah. right here in the church so that was, that was really good actually that like like really made my weekend so that was really good so what about you um, well, I know what my low is, it's a little obvious, but I got a triple root canal last mm. night at four o'clock. Well, five o'clock by the time my face was numb and everything. And, uh, that's no fun. Nope. I've never, I, I don't know. I've never had a ton of tooth problems and I've always heard people like, oh, it's the worst besides eye pain or whatever. Man, it just makes you, I mean, I'm already naturally a little grumpy sometimes, <laughs> but like to have constant pain in your mouth makes you a real grouch. Yeah. Um, so, you sound good fine, though. Well, yeah, I got some ibuprofen in me. Actually, you know what? The number one stressor for me is all of the ibuprofen you have to take while you have tooth problems. <laughs> sure. I'm convinced that this next dose, you know, is the, whatever the next dose is, is always going to be the one that explodes the <laughs> ulcer in my stomach, uh, which is unreasonable on my part. Um, and then my high this week is... Um, sort of a nerdy one there's a video game um that came out the year that cash my oldest was born mm-hmm. and i played it a lot because you know that first pregnancy is always you don't kind of don't know what to do with yourself yeah. your wife is sleeping a lot so you're there while she's napping and i played it a lot and then they re-released it um last week 
and I downloaded it, and now Cash and I are playing it together, and it's like That's such a sweet, cool. like, yeah, and he loves it. It's nostalgic and yeah, and there's yeah. that bonding element too that happens. There is, and I always thought that I would have that with my kids because I am a little nerdy. Like I can name over a hundred Pokemon. You know, I'm like a grown <laughs> man that knows about this stuff, and um. But it's funny the way that time and culture works. He has managed to find the thing that the few things that I just couldn't. I mean, I don't care about Fortnite. I real I actually right. loathe Fortnite, and I like video games. I'm a video game person. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, and I uh, Minecraft is fine. Whatever. The thing we've managed to somehow still have a divide, despite the fact that I am functionally a nine year old boy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like in my interests, like I like cartoons and video games and comic books. Yeah. Um. But yeah, to have this thing and yeah, have the bond and like for him, I think it's it's cool because it has this story plugged into it where like when you were in your mom's tummy, I played this game a lot. Yeah, that's cool. It's a it's a definite high. Yeah, Max and I we uh, he plays a couple of games on his PS4 that like I'm just not yeah. into, you know. Um, but whenever we he plays NBA 2K or Madden, because yeah. like that's what I oh well, there was no there was Madden when I was you know in college, but right. not. 2k but um but like we love playing like that's like a cool like little bonding thing that we have it's awesome yeah, it's cool it's, fun. it's a cool way to relax and also bond with the game yeah, and i can still work them over in madden so that's fun too <laughs> <laughs> you always have to remind him buddy i have a lot of experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool well um let's go ahead and move on to our new segment uh where we pull something from the air quotes headlines uh of the internet called from the feed All right. Well, I mean, I think the big news and what our Twitter feed was almost entirely this week was the inauguration of yeah. uh, now President uh, Joe R. Biden. Um, uh, you know, people have lots of thoughts and opinions about what all is going down. But the actual inauguration ceremony, I didn't see a ton of a ton of negative talk. And of course, my Twitter feed is going to be more um, the extremes on my Twitter feed are more extreme left. And so those folks tend to always be like, this isn't going to save us. Politicians are all corrupt. Sure. Kind of the same as the extreme right in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you know, and even in that, which is true, by the way, like I, I tweeted, um, look, uh, this isn't our salvation and there's a lot of work to be done. And also, this is a very nice ceremony and a, a quick, you know, breath that we can all take. Two yeah. things <laughs> can be true at once. Like <laughs> yeah, it's okay absolutely. to accept both. Yeah. Um, but even the like pretty negative folks on my feed were kind of like you know what let's just let's just have this one thing he gave a nice yeah. speech lady gaga gave a great uh, national anthem j-lo did a good job garth brooks was very interesting um i wish that chris Gaines would have come out for any of you 90s babies you remember garth <laughs> brooks used to have a a uh another identity where he was like an edgy alternative guy named yeah. chris Gaines. <laughs> I feel like Gaines would have worn a mask. Um, to see Lecrae post that this was his first Garth Brooks concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a funny, like. So funny. And um, our friend Alan posted a really good thing about Garth Brooks singing Amazing Grace and Amazing Grace being written by a guy who was involved in the slave trade and then like repented of it really hardcore later in life when he wrote Amazing Grace mm -hmm. and, and got really into his faith. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, that's definitely what was going on. What was going on in your feed during the inauguration? I mean, same. Yeah, I mean, I actually have not even heard Biden's speech yet. I was going to listen to it today mm. because we we were filming a zillion videos yesterday, and I had so many meetings that I didn't even like pick up Twitter last night until like late. We were watching All American and mm. um, late, and I just I watched the um, 
the 22 year old woman who I don't remember her name. It's, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, who had that read mm-hmm. the poem, mm-hmm. and that was like so good. Like this, it, it was like so good. Um, we watched that, and our kids watched it with us. But there, that was like the biggest thing. And I thought it was yeah the same thing. Like the feed was in general the only people that were really negative you just kind of know they were going to be negative because they're going to be more on the extreme end sure. of everything. So, but in general, it was like, it was nice and it was cool to see like, you know, even like Lady Gaga did a great job. And then JLo, um, she did a good job. I was just proud of her for being clothed. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> they're awful. She also spoke and sp- she gave like the Spanish shout out of yeah. like, let's get hype. We're like, Joe Cron's like, can she do this with like full, cl- fully clothed? <laughs> she had a very, she had a very Prince outfit on. I know. So anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Amanda Gorman is the poet. Amanda she, Gorman, yeah. she was definitely, yeah. I think the highlight of the whole thing. I would think so. Um, Hard I sw- to beat that. Yeah. She, uh, I read later on her Twitter feed that she was wearing a ring that had a caged bird on it to, um, to to signify Maya Angelou, who was like mm. her, you know, sort of inspiration, yeah. and that ring was given to her by Oprah. So, wow! Um, Excuse the name dropping. One, one after another. Jeez, <laughs> like Amanda Gorman at twenty two years old. I I also joked that like we're all here to celebrate that democracy has won out, but also we kind of want Amanda Gorman to be our empress. Yeah, <laughs> like if yeah. we'll just hand over the reins to you, Amanda Gorman. It was also cool. I think in in my feed, I saw some people um, who are lean more conservative. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them were pastors. And I, I was, like, super proud of a couple of them. Like, it was, like, cool to see them be like, hey, in the same way I prayed for President Trump, I would pray for President Biden. And I really think they meant it. And, like, and in the areas where I, I want to speak up against policies that don't go along with what we believe, we will do that. And we will support with those that we do. You know, yeah. I was like, that's, like, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. You know, even seeing um, Vice President Pence, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I was just like, cool. I know he's caught a lot of flack and for right reasons for a lot of the last four years, but it was cool that, you know, he had the courage to be there. It's a great example of when sometimes showing up is enough. Um, Yeah. And yeah, you know, we was a big statement. Right. Regardless of what you regardless of what you think of him as a person or his policies or whatever. uh, I thought it was a big statement and I think he deserves credit for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty much the feed yesterday that we, we got nothing else going on, yeah. but I, I will say there's a nice through line. He did in his speech quote St. Augustine, oh. um, and a good St. Augustine <laughs> quote. And that will uh, come up later as we talk about what, um, we're going to get into today, which is we're going to have youth pastor of Hill city, um, hip hop artist and friend of ours. passionate Goss, about original sin. A just really passionate about what he's passionate about. Uh, we are going to have Corey Goss, the one and only C. Goss, uh, come join us for a discussion about the doctrine of original sin. Different perspectives, different ideas, what the history of it is, and why Corey is so upset that not everyone absolutely subscribes to the idea that you're born full of sin. Um, so, yeah, stick around for that. Y'all know we stay curious over here. here, here. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome back to the show the one and only hip hop artist, youth pastor, <laughs> sweatsuit uh, wearing, sweatsuit owner. Let's go. I love See, a good sweatsuit. Me I, too. Yeah, you do. I've appreciated for them real. lately. It, what's great is that you guys like a sweatsuit for two very different reasons. That's true, too. <laughs> yeah. I just love a good sweatsuit. Like, there's, I used to wear them in college all the time because we would get them for, for, like, on the baseball team. Yeah. We always got them. We always got, like, track suits and stuff like that. Uh. And, I would rock those things all the time. You're also from an area of the country where a very specific kind of adult man wears a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Which is, 
Maybe yeah. also why hip hop culture loves a tracksuit. I know, and I and like I would straight up even when Lacey and I first got married, I, I would love to wear that. I wear my Tims and everything too, and then some real god. I just kind of got away from it. So so now at last year, I was like, Lace, I think I want to bring tracksuits back in my yeah. life, and so you got it. I got jackets going now, Let's and go. I might rock the pants too someday. Might as well. I grew why up. Not? I grew up where mafia guys ran away to when things were hot. <laughs> Florida, like when when the heat was on, so still wore the tracksuits. Yep, open chest. If you saw a dude, if you saw a dude with a tracksuit, you could be hanging around with a bunch of dudes in like leather jackets with studs on them and tattoos on their faces. When that old man in the tracksuit walks in, everybody's like, oh, right. Okay. My right, room, right. my roommate from college was from Hackensack, New Jersey, and um, he was man, he was funny. He's as Jersey as Jersey could be, but at U of R, he would wear a purple velour. Oh man, no no shirt underneath, (laughs) thick gold chain, and he would just walk across campus, just chest hair flowing, like it was the best. Like everybody was just like, "There goes Boo." Uh, That would just be like having teddy bears on your bare chest. It'd be so nice, (laughs) DJ Khaled style. That's right, that's for real. (laughs) Oh, but we're not here to talk about tracksuits. We're here with C Goss to talk to to continue a conversation that he and I started several weeks ago. Yeah, man. Um wherein uh, Corey texted me and was very upset to find out <laughs> yes. that a very popular Christian author um, d- uh, was downplaying, I don't know if he doesn't believe in it, but he was certainly downplaying the concept of inborn original sin, so the fact that we are born sinful. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were hearing? Yes. Well, you tell me, so we're going to practice active it? listening. It was Richard Rohr. Oh, oh. <laughs> he was texting me about it. <laughs> um, so Richard Rohr... Uh, Tell me the whole story. Like, where did you? Because you hadn't read the. You, you said you hadn't read the I book, but like, where? Give me so, the backstory leading up to the, the the uh, all caps text message that I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was having a conversation with one of my friends, the pastor in Gloucester, Virginia. Okay, and we're having a conversation just about you know how much the church has changed and theology and this progressive Christianity and basically there's no rules anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, where does this come from? Like, when did we change the rules? When did we say basically anything goes? And there's a, you know, a group of people that believe certain things about Christianity and they've started their own sect of Christianity. Right. And he's like, man, it starts like just, you know, from people thinking that they can change what the Bible says about things and people getting offended and. We're just having that conversation, right? And through that, he's telling me some of the leading voices of people that uh, are just, uh, he, he didn't use the words harmful to what we believe as Christians, but it was more so that are pushing this new type of thought, right? And then he says, Richard Rohr. And he was like, man, Richard Rohr is one of the most influential people in the world. <laughs> and he doesn't believe in original sin. And that's why I stopped because I'm thinking Richard Rohr, that's like Matt's homie right now. <laughs> so, I, so I said, so, so I said, man, that's crazy. And then after we get done texting me and the, uh, my, my guy from Gloucester, that's when I texted you mm-hmm. and was like, Matt, are you telling me that one of your favorite authors doesn't believe in one of the core tenets of the gospel? Like what? And then that's how our, our whole exchange happens. Mm-hmm. And then I just get depressed the rest of the night because I'm like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? And that's how it started. Hmm. This new <laughs> type of Christianity that started with Origin <laughs> and yeah. Justin Martyr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just it's, a couple of thousand years ago. <laughs> it's funny because Richard would say the same thing to you. Like, what is this new, what is this Reformation nonsense you're talking about? <laughs> this guy, this hot new Luther yeah, no on the kidding. scene. 
right. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent you a chapter from his book, The Universal Christ. I read it. Um, yeah, so I did a probably not a good copyright thing and, like, copied and pasted a whole <laughs> chapter of a book and, like, said it to, to um, Corey. Um, so, Corey, after reading that chapter, I want to hear a little bit more, um, unless John has something to say, about what you feel is is important to you um, about the doctrine of original sin. Sure. First, I want you to explain what that means so that we're all using the same language. Sure. So what original sin means to you, and then explain to me why it's important to you. Sure. Um, so original sin is basically saying that uh, we all inherited uh, this sin nature from Adam. Uh, in Genesis 3, after he disobeyed God and him and uh, Eve ate the fruit, and uh, that's how sin got into this world. Uh, that's just, uh, you know, the biblical text. That's just the basic, basic foundation of how I believe the Bible would explain how sin got into this world. Uh, and because we were all born of Adam, uh, we all inherit that same sin, uh, and that gives us a need for a Savior. Um, and then, you know, it talks about later on how um, we're not slaves to sin anymore uh, because of Christ and the work of Christ and uh, the life, death and resurrection. And uh, basically goes into the gospel and how we still have that sin nature, but we're not controlled by it anymore uh, because we now have find freedom in Christ. So um, that's what original sin, I guess, if you would define it. Um, and then you say one more question. Um, well, so why is it important to you? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, <clears throat> to me, very, very important because, man, for so many reasons, if we, if we don't need saving from sin, then we can save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then we don't need Christ, you know, to do anything. And we're like, if we're, if we have this idea that we are inherently good people, then there's no reason for us to have a savior. There's no reason for Christ to die. There's no reason for him to have, uh, to live a perfect life. There's no reason uh, for the blood. You know, we have emphasis as Christians on the blood of Christ. And there's no reason for none of that if if, if this is something that we can accomplish on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it was alarming to me because it's like, well, what's the point then? Mm-hmm. What's the point of this whole movement called Christianity if this is something that we can achieve on our own? Um, so that's why I am not a proponent. I mean, not a you know somebody that is for sin, mm-hmm. but I do agree with the idea that there is inherited sin, and I also believe that it is um, it's biblical. I believe that all through Romans, I got some scriptures here as well, Ephesians, Hebrews. It it also uh, agrees with my view of um, the idea of original sin. And then Richard Rohr had made a statement and said that. It wasn't biblical. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about uh, original sin as as far as like uh, uh, this is something that we inherited. That's what he's saying from that excerpt you gave me. Well, I think I think what he's saying is, which a lot of theologians have said, it's one of it's like the it's like the Trinity. It's not expressly named. The the, the phrase original sin is mm. not. Or, you know, gotcha. in the Bible. Does that make sense? Gotcha. So yes, yes. I, I think that he would agree with you, and he does in the text that I sent you, about what the epistles say and what Paul is trying to say, but I think you guys have disagreements on what the importance of what is said yes. is. So um, my next question would be, um, I'm, I don't know, John, do you have thoughts before I get into my next thing? Well, I would, I would also say that original sin also refers to the original sin, mm-hmm. meaning... 
it's not just when sin entered into the world, but also the original sin is essentially trying to find life and identity your own way. Mm -hmm. And like that was the original sin that, you know, they chose their own way versus God's way. Yeah. You know, so like I think it's important for people to know that because inherently every person will do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every person will. Like there, there's not there's not a soul alive that will not do that. Yeah, in the beginning, at some point. Yeah, to do, yeah. in like yeah. Yes. And I think that there's a sh- to me, I'm seeing a shocking miscommunication here between you and the text. Not it's not your fault or the text's fault. You guys just have, I think you and this concept have missed one another because gotcha. when you start talking about this leading to people being able to save themselves, that's not what's taught at all. Yeah. Um, I, what I text to you and what I still stand by is I think the disagreement is in, is it inherited or is it inevitable? So for you, is it important that the minute you draw breath, you're sinful mm-hmm. versus you, it's just inevitable that you will sin? Like kind of, is the important thing about Adam's fall that it happened mm-hmm. and so we all inherit in it? Or is what's important that is that it's representative of what happens all the time everywhere. I think it's both. I think okay. that uh, it's important to recognize the power of sin just as much as it's important to recognize the power of what God did to defeat sin. Mm. Um, because if it is inherited, then that means that uh, it's something that I can't, like, I can't uh, uh, not have when I'm born, right? When I'm born, I have, well, let me say this. If, uh, if I'm born in water, then I, I'm going to get wet, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm born in water. I can't not get wet. Um, so it's inevitable because I'm born in water, but it's also inherited uh, because it's going to be, uh, um, uh, if everybody's born in water, you have to get wet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I explained that right. But uh, And then on the inevitable side, um, because we're humans and because Adam... Um, uh, did sin. I do believe that every human does or uh, will eventually sin because that's who we are as people apart from God. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only like, so Adam was created, right? He wasn't born. Mm-hmm. So Adam was the only person, Adam and Eve were the only people in the world, in the history of the world, that had an opportunity not to sin. Mm-hmm. We don't have that opportunity because we're born into it and we're not created to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think that the biblical text supports what I'm saying on the level of uh, inevitability uh, and the inherited sin as well, too. And I would agree that the biblical text certainly seems to point to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's hard to disagree with, um, you know, going through Romans 5, I think it's Hebrews 9, um, uh, Ephesians 2. uh, It's it. Romans 3, you know, there are a lot of texts that support this idea where Paul is trying to describe, like, why do we all sin? And he would say that the Calvinists would say it's because of imputed mm-hmm. sin. Like, that's what the, the word that would they would use there. And um, and I think there is a there's a lot of scripture that would, um, I think, back that part up. I understand what you're saying, Matt. Like, um, it's like it's like um, systems theory, mm-hmm. you know, is basically what you're describing, that we are born into a corrupt system, a corrupt creation because of sin. Um, and no matter what, we're all going to sin. It's mm-hmm. it is like it's going to happen. It's like uh, we're in like this loop 
and like and and so what ends up happening uh, i heard it described one time you know right now people are like with well, like climate change like we need solar power mm-hmm. and like that will fix solar power or solar power will fix climate change um but then you do solar power like well what do we do with all the waste we don't know and i actually create another problem so it's like this huge <laughs> loop that ends up keep happening and so the same thing happens with sin it's systematically with sin i i do i lean more on the on the original side, I understand the systematic or where Roar might be coming from, or even where Greg Boyd um, is another one who kind of talks about it in that same way. Um, because typically what, where it comes from is this idea, like if a baby is born, right. And dies or, you know, whatever that baby with original sin dies, a sinner, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And so, so then how do you deal with that? Well, the answer is, well, God's grace, of course, covers that. And then you had, but then you had to come up with this age of accountability, mm-hmm. right? Which is a mythical thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a total mythical thing. Like there, you don't see it in scripture. You don't see it. But man, like, you know, you grow up in church, you're like, well, age of accountability. And you're like, yeah. scripture in verse, please. And they're like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's probably like what God probably does. Right. So there's holes. Honestly, in in that part of the thinking, too, because now we just got to trust in God's grace. And that's the power of the death and resurrection. That's the power of God. And we always lean on that. And there's going to be a thing here that we don't fully understand, Mm -hmm. you know, with all of this. And and so I I understand like the I understand where Roar and like a Greg Boyd come from. I I do feel like the Bible just seems to like lean more Mm -hmm. on uh, where actually Corey's kind of perspective is on this and. Um, I probably myself like lean a little bit more on, man, it seems like w- the way Paul talks that it is like essentially we've inherited this system of because we were not created beforehand, we mm-hmm. came into the system as is, mm-hmm. we are a part of this loop mm-hmm. and in that way. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was reading one of the uh, from the excerpt that you sent me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I also found it interesting that he believes that people that there is inherent good in people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that just goes against from what I believe or what I believe the Bible teaches about that there is no good in people. Mm -hmm. And I think even how Jesus responded when somebody called him good. He, he, cause clearly Jesus was good, mm-hmm. but he didn't even accept it. He, he, he responded with the question and said, why do you call me good? Mm-hmm. Now, of course that could have been interpreted different ways. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's worth noting that he didn't even accept being called good in that situation. Uh, and then, uh, the people that we think about inherently good, like, you know, mother Teresa, mm-hmm. or we think about, you know, the people that have done great things and these pillars in the faith. Um, but like now I'm thinking about the people that have actually passed away. And then we hear about these stories coming out about, oh, they were terrible people. Mm-hmm. And this is what they did. So this good that we're thinking people have, um, yes, I do believe there is good, but I just don't believe that it's a part from the work of salvation. I don't think people are good See, just I would, inherently. I yeah. would disagree with that. How it, can we be okay. created in the image of God and That's not be That's what I was just about good? to say. Yeah, so I believe that when we're talking about creating the image of God, the image of God is who? Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Okay. <laughs> no, I think... No, the image of God would represent man. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And sure, like, but the visible version of God is who? Well, Jesus, sure. but if the image of God were bears, then Jesus would have been a bear. Like man, right. no, no, man right. is the image of God. Jesus was the second Adam and thus Correct. Adam and Eve are the image of God. Yes. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. So I'm saying the human form of God 
which was Jesus. So you think it's about being bipedal and having two eyes and a nose and a mouth? I do. I think it's I think it's about having we're the only people that look like who we know the image of God to be, which is Jesus. So that's the yeah, two arms, a nose. We we could think, we could reason. We're the only people that God created that can do not people, the only species that God created that can do that. Now I do think there is spiritual depth to that as well. Because we are mind, body, soul, so we have a spirit, we have emotions, we have all that stuff. And Jesus shared that as well, too. Um, so I think it's more so that than, I guess, the other argument what people bring. Hmm. John, you have thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to be very quiet during this episode because I feel like... <laughs> I, I mean, I would... I guess I see a part of what you're saying about the image of God, but man, it's way more than physical. No, I agree. So I... I guess what what part are you saying? Like what are you saying the image of God means? When we say the image of God, we are like as individuals, we are embracing a um we harness like the creative our who we are is a creative nat- the creative product of who God is, which would include our mind, our body and our spirits. Yeah. Okay? And so there's a wholeness to all of this that goes way further than like eyes and nose and two arms and two legs. Yeah. You know, and so um so I think it's like way more than that. And so when when we just be like, well, Jesus imaged God in that way, it's not just that. It's like there's a there's a completeness to who we are as humanity. And then together as like a grouping of people, we 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 like we three the three of us here like image God together more than one of us. Yes. Right? Like yes. be, you know because of the way God works in our lives. And right. so that's what I'm saying that because of that, that we all, no matter what, we're all created. Like, like I under, you know, like there's the biological and anatomical way we're created. And then, but like, there's a part of God in that, of breathing life into us. Right. Sure, sure. And so we are all part of like the creative order of things, no matter what. Yeah. So that means that we are tied into God's creation as well. Yeah. And so I think that's important to, to embrace because I don't want there to be like the separation because I would say there is good. We are we do when you hold a baby mm-hmm. for the first time coming out of the womb, you don't sit there unless you're just a depraved soul who's just so negative. <laughs> Which based on Calvin, you are. Yeah, based on Calvin yes. and Luther and those guys. This is why listen, I love no, about, I a lot about what they've done. There's also been some horrible things that they've yes, done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like when people go all in on ref- reformative stuff, I'm like, y'all, they did some crazy they did. dumb well, it was much. <laughs> it was much more um, influenced by the Enlightenment than it was by. For what sure, we, we give it credit now for just being a man in his Bible, finally free to. But there's way more about, going on. It was there. about the dualistic nature that the Enlightenment was teaching people to argue with reason rather than with spirituality. Sure, and yeah. so the Enlightenment sure. brought about the Reformation, and then the Reformation, which. Lots of good things happen. Richard always, Father Rohr calls it the much needed reformation. Yeah. Um, but then it it became about like arguing about all the stuff that we're still arguing about. Yeah. Was Adam a real person? Was it a myth or was right. it a real person? What all gotcha. of the like, are you born? Do you have sin on the first minute? Or like, when's the <laughs> when's, na- when's the coming? When, yeah. Yeah. And like this stuff was not argued about before Correct. the Enlightenment because yes. people who were interested in salvation and the things that Christ had to offer yeah. didn't think that way. They were just like, I don't know. Like, that. what does that matter? Where are the poor people? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like sometimes, where, Corey, yeah. when you'd be like, what's this new modern Christianity about? And we we were laughing earlier because like part of this was because Luther put a like, 
he went like put a stay or a stake in the ground and it's like you're either this or this sure. right and and so i mean that dude was anti-semitic he was very against catholics <laughs> like he was you know and um but like before that this was not like some of the things that we're talking about like people just kind of were like uh. hmm. you know like and they had like kind of their different beliefs yeah. on it but they were still under this umbrella of christianity yeah and and so really like a lot we've become more divisive around these things that previously in early church history were not as divisive mm. you and know and so um we just we've gotten more adamant about some of these things that like like the create like the, this idea of like a young earth yeah like that's like 1900s <laughs> right you're right, like right you can, nah, you yeah, can barely is. find anyone who believed that before but man people created different denominations and keep people out of churches for <laughs> that's a fact thinking like there is an old earth model well and also you know when you say things and i know i know that you and i are alike in that we like to be hyperbolic to try to get our point across <laughs> sure sure but when sure. we say things like what is this new christianity why aren't why People are just making up stuff, whatever they want out of the Bible. I do think that that does happen. However, in this case, the idea of original sin did not exist for 300 years until St. Augustine started talking about it. And that's how I disagree. Are we talking about before the Bible? Well, that's okay. So we could also get into how the Bible didn't exist during Christianity for the first. (laughs) But was the Bible before Augustine and before what you're talking about? Because if so, then it did exist. Well, nobody read it that way so it didn't it's a concept drawn from the bible it's not the core truth of the bible his point is is that before the compilation of the bible there was christianity correct and so there would have been christians who had no idea about how to even process right. sin right right, right so right. some of this belief and how they began to engage scripture which might be right on i mean like there are things that like might be right that were engaged later and talked about because once they got the fullness of like talking through some of this stuff. And so, gotcha, gotcha. um, so there, there was a large time period where this wasn't even a thing, but people were still able to be like, follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And Christianity. Yes. Was okay. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so it, it right. doesn't right. to right, say right, like right. this new Christianity. The point is, is like some of the things that were like, where the yeah. heck does this come from? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like, I mean, for like centuries, it didn't matter. <laughs> people like love Jesus passionately and figured some of this stuff out. Sure. That's, that's, that's the point. So I, I do want to go back real quick to the holding the baby part. Okay. Because I think that to me this is significant. Mm-hmm. When you hold a baby when it first comes out and you hold it and stops crying and everything, you, you are overcome with emotion. Okay. Not just as like a father or a mother in that moment. Um, you're overcome with emotion because you one see this beauty of life because you're just like, what in the world? Like this is this is nuts that God put this, this right. way. Like it's just, it's bizarre. Um, but there's a purity and, and Matt will tell you this too. There is a purity holding that baby that is unmistakable. I don't know if you remember, we've already had this argument and it was when I said, I like holding babies because it's the closest you can be to holding to, Jesus. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's but there's like a, to a perfect. Yeah. I, so when I, someone says why, like, we're even just, before we had kids, I, cause I have little younger siblings sure. and stuff like, I was the you know weird like tattooed guy that was like, can I sign up for nursery? <laughs> like I like to hold a baby for this very reason. Yeah. Like, so I think why that's important to me is um, I'm not disagreeing about the idea of inherited sin or like the system sin and whatever. Okay. Yeah. I already said that I I lean that way, but I am disagreeing with the fact that we're also not have good in us and a lot of it. 
when we're born. Gotcha. Because even when you look at the creative story, this is why I, 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 you guys have heard me say this before. I think there are Genesis three Christians and there are Genesis one Christians. Definitely. Genesis three Christians <laughs> are, you're more on the reform side of things That's where me. they just want to, I know. And they want to like <laughs> pound in sin and depravity and, you know, original sin, we inherited this and everything else. But like, you skip out on the part where it talks about we're made in the image of God in Genesis 1 and 2 in the completeness yeah, yeah, yeah. and fullness and the goodness of all of that. And so I think um, I think too quickly we throw out one of these things for the other. Do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, maybe original sin is a like we can process this and talk about it. But like if someone is coming from the standpoint of like, no, it's more systematic you know, like they're not born with it, but you're going to inevitably mm-hmm. sin. Like yeah. it doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't, that that person's not a Christian. It doesn't mean, cause that person still has to believe in the grace of God, the death and resurrection of Jesus. 100%. Right. Like, so you can't get away from that part of it. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily have to like separate there. And so I think that's the part of the rub that sometimes we can get too amped up on something that people did not used to get amped up on. Sure. That's just like fun fodder for us for, just be able to like banter about but yeah and the the title of the chapter is original goodness in the universal christ so it's really just him making a slightly more catholic argument for being a genesis one christian versus being a genesis three christian now here's i will say a hole in the born pure one Mm -hmm. like you know and that you're just kind of inevitably going to sin but Mm -hmm. there's no a lot of times you hear people will say something like well i was just born this way whatever the born with is you know and that causes them to make decisions Mm -hmm. that causes sin in their lives right you if you believe people are born a certain way then you have to believe in original sin meaning you have to believe that we're all born some kind of sinful broken in some kind of way not that there isn't good but Mm -hmm. that we're all born broken in some kind of way yeah because otherwise if we were if we were created pure, then you, if someone was like, I was born this way. You'd be like, no, 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 you chose it. Yeah. You can't be born anyway because you were born pure. Mm-hmm. That sinful action or that sinful whatever, that decisions that you're making, whatever that is, then, then you have chosen to do that. Does that make sense? Which, yeah. That's yeah. what's so crazy to me is that uh, when we have like conversations about psychology and other stuff, the three of us, you, you guys, you two are the ones that are like, more interested and like constantly reminding me that like yeah but people have personal responsibility right like you hmm. you would agree that yeah no i agree with you're, what you're, saying. you're like yo people you know i'll come at you with like well you gotta remember there's like childhood trauma and like there's reasons people do things and right. that's true right. but it's also true what you guys say which is yeah but people also need to have personal responsibility right right the whole point of saint augustine's like bringing about this original sin doctrine was to shirk personal responsibility. <laughs> it was meant to be like a, a salve. It was meant to say to people, don't be so hard on yourself. You're born this You're born way. This way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. so funny to me. Is like, that's hilarious. That's uh, hilarious. Well, and I will say this too, to that point, this depravity thing and like the focus on sin, like it has been a way of skirting the issue like even as adults, not even mm. as just like younger, like you, you see some, some of these guys that like have epic falls and I'm like, I mean, that's my, that's my, my sinful nature, nature yeah. whatever. And it's like, no, you're just, you're, using that's, you're just out. using that. Yeah. And so yeah, agreed that yeah. that's a part of it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting too. Uh, Roar talks about how if we don't agree or if we believe that original sin, uh, you know, is something that is real, then we discount. It seemed like he was saying the life of Jesus and we're not, 
harping on the life of Jesus. And to me, that feels like anybody that believes the full gospel, mm -hmm. they include the life of Jesus. They mm -hmm. include the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, so I also disagree with him on that because I'm like, where like why where did he get that conclusion from that we're not taking into account the life of Jesus and the good stuff he did if we believe in original sin? Um, so I thought just reading through here a few times, I'm like, man, where's it's, can it, you say that part again? I'm sorry. I... Oh no, you're fine. Uh, he, uh, Roar was saying in one of the excerpts that if we believe in original sin, then we are taking away from the life of Jesus as if it wasn't as if he didn't live a perfect life or as if he didn't. Uh, uh, wasn't this example that we need to follow. And that's where I disagreed with because um, I feel like he's not giving, if we did that, that's not the whole entire gospel. The whole gospel is the life, the death, and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. But he's saying if you believe in original sin, then you're taking out the life. And that's why I disagreed with. Well, I think he's I think what he's saying is that you're downplaying his life, that we tend it's like the Apostles Creed. We tend to go from birth right to death. Mm -hmm. And that if if the point of Jesus was to die. Yeah. And that's the most important thing so that he could liberate us from this this um, sin state that we have no choice in the matter, then what was the point of him living such an exemplary life? I think he would also probably say that um, if the idea that Jesus was born perfect in the way that we all are, but remained perfect, whereas we all don't, mm. then it's like, what do we, ha how, how are we, how is Jesus fully man and fully God if um, he wasn't born the same way that the rest of us are? I think is what he's trying to say. Another thing I want to bring up is, <laughs> what's that? I'm sorry, guys, like he wasn't born like we were. He was born by a virgin. Yeah, it was he was yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of differences in like, how he was a, born. <laughs> right. So he wasn't. I think that an important thing to I, so I, I'll be honest. I can't remember the excerpt you're talking about. So we could maybe offline pick gotcha. that apart a little more. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't think that he says a belief in original sin. He, I don't think what he means is a belief in original sin completely takes out the life of Jesus. I think he's just saying, just as overemphasis on Genesis 3 downplays Genesis 1, that an overemphasis on original sin and an overemphasis on the um, on the sort of what we've come to understand as magical nature of the cross, yeah. uh, of like basically being a cure for this thing that we're all born with. An overemphasis of that de-emphasizes all of the other stuff. Like you're basically just skipping. Well, to the, we see that though. Happen. Oh we, we see, but we see this happen in Christianity though, when people just say, um, I'm a Christian because, you know, or I just look to like the death and resurrection say, of Jesus. Yeah, just and, like, say, and I'm say just the saying, prayer and you're good. And you're good. Yeah. That is ignoring the life of Jesus of how we're supposed to live. Richard Rohr also yeah. says. You see he, what I'm saying? I so do. it's, it's a both and. He, he also says one of the great tragedies of Christianity is that we chose to worship Jesus instead of follow him. Mm, I like that. I like so, that. So also you're reading, the, you know, it, also keeping in mind that it's a. 27 chapter book and I said no sure second, sure but, sure yeah so he's that I think think of what he's saying that you're disagreeing with in the context of his wider theology which is what he's trying to get across is we are we made Jesus more a th another thing to worship than something to follow not to say mm. that he is not worthy of worship yeah but that like we would rather just like when when the church was going across Europe and into the Celtic areas and then across all we did was walk in, and when I say we, I mean the Roman Catholic Church. All we did was walk in, take down the like 
you know, whatever jumble of branches that they had on their altar or, yeah. or their Stonehenge and put up a cross and then leave. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I got you. Um, and God redeemed that as well. But he, yeah, he makes that very bold statement. He thinks that one of the big, um, one of the big upsets about Christianity as it's unfolded is that we chose to worship Jesus over following him. You ever talk to somebody who doesn't, who doesn't follow Jesus, but they're just like, from what we would consider them good people. Like, totally. they're just like, yo, you're a good dude. Like, yeah. all, I mean, all you I mean, need is Jesus seen, and you'll be good. One of the we've greatest seen, yeah. challenges, one of the greatest, like, challenges to my faith has been knowing truly great people who just, right, who were, who had such a bad taste in their mouth about the, the, the superficial aspects of Christianity, yeah. which even the name of Jesus, it now in our context is a sort of superficial, it's on billboards and t-shirts and da, 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 da like, yeah. Saying the name of Jesus isn't necessary doesn't necessarily translate into understanding the depth of the Christ. No, right? for sure, for sure. And I felt like if I never followed Christ and I never made a decision to follow Christ, somebody would categorize me as a pretty good person, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to come to grips with like so most people feel like they're pretty good people. Mm-hmm. But pretty good people don't get to heaven. It's people realizing they're sinners and realizing I need a savior. Mm-hmm. So that moment when I realized, oh my gosh, I felt the weight of my sin. <laughs> and I was like, yo, this is crazy. I cannot save myself. Like, I need a savior. And in that moment is when I chose to follow Christ and give my life to God. And I literally could feel, and like, well, yeah. So I, I literally could feel since that day, uh, this is my sin nature, wants me to go this way, but this is Christ and, and the uh, Holy Spirit pulling me that way. So what Paul talks about in Romans, I felt that as a alive believer in Christ. And I feel like, or even when we're talking about in Genesis, he said he gave us the law to show us our sin. People didn't know what sin was until they saw the rules that God gave. And it's like, oh, I, I pretty much do that. I do that. I do that. I need a savior. So it's like, it's this, it, it, it's this sin within us that we don't even know is sin because we feel like we're good people. And, and like everybody slips up sometimes or don't do the right thing every time. But I don't need a savior. What do I need saving from? But it's when you realize that you're a sinner and that you have sin in you is when you realize, oh, I need a savior. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what is the thing that I guess the point I'm trying to get across. And I feel like he's downplaying when he says that, you know, original sin, like we don't inherit sin. Well, again, I think he's go- I think he would agree with you. Okay. And what he's coming at from, again, a Catholic historical context is. St. Augustine was trying to shirk some of the responsibility. <laughs> got you, he, got you. I would say that Richard's trying to put the responsibility back on us. Okay. Like, you are not totally depraved. You have the ability to be good, and you've chosen not to. Uh, and and when And the you is everyone. <laughs> got you, got you. But what, for you, what does total depravity, what has, in your life, how have you seen the concept of total depravity, this concept that Luther said that we were but what, but a pile of dung or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. a pile of manure, total depravity is what Calvin calls it. Yeah. How have you seen that in your life help create disciples for Jesus? Mm, absolutely. Um, so just as great as you would call it a Genesis 1 Christian, right? Just as great as that is, uh, there is a, a power of sin that was and brought into this world through Genesis three. Uh, so when I realized that I'm a Genesis three Christian, that I need Jesus, it helps me relate to other people and show them other people who consider themselves good 
It helps me relate to them and show them, hey, what about this? Remember that thought you had? Remember how you feel when, when, when this happens? Or remember when, you know, how, how you feel about, uh, 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 like, when somebody asks you for money and, and the first thing you think about is no, right? It's, and you have, or like when somebody's asking you a question and you think about a million lies before you tell the truth, you need saving from that. And you and, and there's you have the ability to get saved from that. Um, so there's sin in your life that you don't even know about. Uh, uh, and that's what you need saving from. So uh, that's how I've talked to adults about it. And that's how I've kind of um, uh, uh, made them think differently about it. And, you know, ultimately it leads to or hopefully it leads to them getting discipled and them coming to Christ because we can't save ourselves and we are depraved, in my opinion. So do you think that the idea of um, being sinful the minute you pop out versus um, inevitably falling into sin at some point mm-hmm. in your development. Do you think that that is absolutely necessary for somebody to come to an understanding that they're sinful and need to be saved? Is it necessary for... Well, does the person need to know you're saying? No, no, no. Is it necessary that on minute one of being out of the womb, yeah. you are sinful versus at some point when you're three i don't know whenever oh got you got you for them to know no 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 oh (laughs) maybe i don't got you (laughs) if somebody says i have a problem and i think jesus is the answer talk to me about that yes and you say to them the first thing you need to understand is that the minute you were born you were sinful versus me saying to them at some point you became sinful how is how are those two things different for you got you yes so they're different because if i realize that this is not a doing of my own and i was born this way then that means that I need a supernatural healing. I need something supernatural to unmake me that way. Yeah, but didn't something supernatural make you that way? Um, no, I was just born that way. We... <laughs> it's not a saying... biological state. Like you <laughs> Unless were... we're saying birth is supernatural. Well, well, we're talking about the supernatural transference of sin from the first man all the way to your Yeah, that's supernatural state. to me. Yeah, I'm saying. So, yes. su- so God made you sinful, and now he's going to rescue from it? God... Uh... He didn't make us sin. Adam made us sinful. Okay. Adam made us sinful, and yes, and God is here to rescue from us. So do you feel like it's very important that Adam was a real person in this scenario? Uh, well, I believe Adam's a real person anyway. Okay. So. so I think that, and this is a whole other podcast, where we've run out of time, but um, I think that the disagreement is very rooted, though, in those things. Yes, so yes. So if you believe Adam was a real person, and it's important that Adam, the real person, did a real thing, mm-hmm. then that's going to lead to one thing line of thinking if you believe that the myth of adam and eve is important because not of that it happened but that it happens it explains what happens always Mm. so uh one way of describing myth now we think of myth as false oh that's a myth the myth of the sasquatch but that's not the way old testament was written that's right all up until up until the enlightenment the term myth was not this is a fake story the term myth was this is the most real story sure so the you know the reason that the story of Star Wars is that a young man comes out of the desert realizes that he's connected to all things in the universe and yeah. then saves everybody is <laughs> not because George Lucas was writing a Christ story it's because the Christ story is the story we all want to hear. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. The idea of the monomyth. So but believing Adam was a biological human being verse was a myth that's important for us to understand how we work yes. are are two different. And then also, this is the last thing I'm going to say. It's also important to understand that Franciscans, which um, people of the order of St. Fran- Catholics of the order of St. Francis, monks of the order of St. Francis, they believe that 
the first scripture is creation. So they would say to you, the first, Dun Scotus, who's like the guy, mm-hmm. he would say, before there was even the first Hebrew writings, we had scripture, and that scripture was creation as laid out in, in John, in first, or, sorry, John chapter one. Gotcha. So, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with yeah. God, the word was God, and all things were created through, and the darkness could not stand against it. So that would be their argument, and this is another podcast, for you were created through this word, darkness could not stand against it, so you are created good, and then you fall. Gotcha. Interesting. Sorry, I'm sure you probably have, and John, you probably have a million thoughts. Yeah, no, and, it, and you're late for an appointment. <laughs> also true. <laughs> no, I got a lot of thoughts, but we we could have opened what we're what we're talking through right now, and I. But I do think this part is important. What we're talking through right now is there are divergent thinking that's happening here, um, and and even some of the things that have been said actually open up into some other. Th- a lot of other topics, right? And this has literally been happening since the start of everything, <laughs> right? Like Jewish tradition is this, yeah. right? If so, like this is what Midrash was. Like you, you come and you try and figure out what what does Yahweh mean, mm-hmm. like by all this. And you know they didn't always agree, but they always believed in Yahweh, right. you know. Sure. And so they kind of centered around that point. And um, and so. I think what's important for like anyone listening here is like we all agree that Jesus died and rose again. We all believe, you know, (laughs) we all believe in sin. We all believe in following Jesus, you know, is the best, not only the best way to live, but like where we find our true identity, our true hope and everything. And that's our responsibility to build his kingdom here on this earth. Like we all believe the tenets of the gospel. And so um, I think it's also important for people to like recognize that because you probably have people in your life that might defer on little things and it's important not to just jump to like right you're not a christian anymore like like you got to right. tease things out even more because like as we're doing here because like again Corey, you said a couple of things i'm like man i could take this in a whole different direction <laughs> you know so sure. anyway there's a lot here and i won't belabor that point but yeah all right well thanks everyone for joining us it's Corey, thanks for joining us in the booth appreciate y'all um and we will see you next time on stay curious if you have questions quips quotes or comments just email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com make sure to rate and review us and until next time stay curious, stay curious.